0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm Becca Freeman. And I'm Olivia Mentor. And it is our first three things episode of the year, and I am so excited to talk to you.
1: Me too. You've had your three things picked out for weeks now, I think.
0: Two out of three. Yeah, literally the minute we wrapped for the year last year, I feel like all of a sudden I was just bubbling over with things I wanted to talk about on the pod. So two of these things have been percolating for a while.
1: Well, I'm excited.
0: Well, give us the preview. Tell us what you've brought for us,
1: things-wise. Yes. So I've brought you like a pop culture buffet. So the first thing I have is, actually all three of these things are things I've been seeing literally everywhere. The first thing is the in and out list. I want to know one thing on your in list and one thing on your out list for 2024. Then two very different things. (laughs) Uh, I want to talk about Gypsy Rose Blanchard who I see on my phone all the time now. And finally, Saltburn, the movie. Great. I'm ready. Tell me your things.
0: Okay. So the first thing I want to talk about is this New York Times long read article about Michael Stipe from REM that is an embarrassment of riches. Then I can't remember if we've ever talked about this have we talked about the british tv show naked attraction on the
1: podcast before no but this is the second time in 24 hours someone has mentioned the show to me <laughs> so <laughs> i'm excited to chat about it
0: all roads lead to naked attraction and then the third thing i want to talk about is the pantone color of the year being peach fuzz and if you think that is right or not
1: mm, okay
0: But before we get into that, let us do some highs and lows.
1: What's your high?
0: So my high is I am just feeling so much New Year energy, potentially even more so than last week. I am an unabashed New Year's person. I'm also a a big back-to-school person. I think it's like something to do with my Virgo energy. I love a fresh start. And I'm feeling particularly like I'm in learning mode, like student mode. And I've been reading our bad on paper book club pick for this month, 4,000 weeks with a highlighter and tabs. And I'm learning so much. I've like started a pile of different writing craft books. I am just brimming
1: with fresh starts. Oh, that's great. I love that. Yeah. Big January energy.
0: Big January energy. And I feel like The counter to this is like, well, nobody sticks with it after January. And it's like, even if it's just a month, like, it's a really positive feeling.
1: It's just a fun feeling. It's not about sticking around. Maybe it's about the beginning of it. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? What's your high? My high is that yesterday morning, I woke up and my friend texted the group chat and she's like, I'm going to try on wedding dresses today. I'm really nervous. And she had messaged me when I was sick about meeting her because she lives about two hours away to go dress shopping. And I was like, just really out of it. So I was like, oh, let me get back home and, and we'll work on some dates. But I hadn't realized she had an appointment so soon. And so I was like, when's the appointment? I will go. I will leave right now. So I, you know, rescheduled our recording. Uh, You were nice enough to move it, and I got in the car and drove. And we went wedding dress shopping. She found her dress. Like she tried on. It was so easy. She was like six dresses. Found the dress, and it was just this really. I don't know. We were freshman college roommates. That's how we met. And her name is Haley. She's one of my best friends. I am so happy for her and her partner and she looked beautiful. The dress was awesome. I don't know. It was just this like full circle friendship moment. I've never been dress shopping with someone before other than myself, which honestly isn't that fun because I was like a wreck. But uh, yeah, so it was just a really lovely moment in life. Oh, that's so
0: nice. What about on the low side? I don't
1: really have a low. I am just like you. I'm, I'm very much feeling the new year energy. I've had a chance to sort of get back to feeling good this week and to get organized. And uh, yeah, so no low. Oh. Uh, What about you?
0: I do have a low. I hope you have your tiny violin ready. I (laughs) have been suffering from dry sinuses. Mm. I feel like that moment in Pitch Perfect where she's like, I have nodes. I'm like, I have dry sinuses. It's the weirdest thing. I've never experienced it before, but ever since the start of the year, I've been getting these sinus headaches, but it's not, I'm not stuffy at all. So I kind of was working with this theory that it's dry sinuses and I bought this thing, which I'll talk about in my obsessions and it really works. But yeah, kind of every day at like four or five o'clock, I start to get this sinus headache. And I think it's just because My heat is cranking and it's so dry in here. I probably need a humidifier. But yeah, I think I'm like the cold weather and the heat is just really getting to my sinuses.
1: Yeah, it's that time of year for sure. I woke up this morning and my nose was so dry and I thought of you. Oh, I'm honored. (laughs) I opened my eyes. I was like, dry sinuses, Becca. Me. Let's dive into the day now.
0: (laughs) Clearly, this is not the first time I've complained about this to Olivia.
1: (laughs) Well, I hope it improves.
0: I have a device now, and you know I love a a random contraption.
1: Yeah, of course. Of course. Well, I'm, I'm glad it's effective.
0: I'll tell you about it in Obsessions, but in the meantime, let's take an ad break and get into these things. I have been such a creature of comfort this month. I don't think I have worn hard pants once. And I've been getting into bed early every night to read and just all around embracing a cozy lifestyle. And if you two are in this same lane, I really can't recommend enough in investing in a few pieces from Cozy Earth to make these rituals feel even more luxurious.
1: So I just got back from traveling for multiple weeks and I can't even tell you how happy I was to get back to my own bed, to sleep on my own sheets. And one of my favorite sets of sheets that I own is from Cozy Earth, and Cozy Earth Sheets are crafted with viscose from bamboo. They are so buttery soft, but they're also temperature controlling, which is so key for me because I sleep with Jake and Winnie and they are not cool-blooded creatures to say the very least. So it's just this perfect blend of cozy and cool. Like that sensation of like the cool side of the pillow, I feel like is what these sheets are giving.
0: Oh, and as much as I would like to be spending pretty much all month, having long, lazy mornings in bed. I'm working on finishing this draft of my book. So the next best thing is wearing my cozy earth joggers, which are so comfortable. But bonus, they also are sneakily tailored and they just look put together. So if I have to pop out to grab groceries or I'm going for a walk, I never feel sloppy in them. And as someone who does not have laundry in her building, I quite literally grieve when both of my pairs of these joggers are in the wash. They are my absolute hands-down favorite. It's no wonder they were previously featured on Oprah's Favorite Things.
1: Winter can be really hard. And if you're looking to do something nice for yourself this season, check out Cozy Earth's line of bedding, loungewear, and pajamas. And... Don't forget to grab a pair of our very favorite socks too. And if you're weary of splurging, just know that all of their products come with a 10-year warranty. That's how much they believe in the quality of their products. And Cozy Earth provided an exclusive offer for Bad on Paper listeners. You can get up to 35% off site-wide at CozyEarth.com with code BOP. Again, that's 35% off site-wide at CozyEarth.com with code BOP.
0: Olivia, I would like to give the microphone to you. Would you like to kick us off with our first thing of 2024?
1: Yeah, so I feel like this is a thing that's going to be sort of applicable to everyone because this trend of making in and out lists on the phone, (laughs) on the notes app on an iPhone is just everywhere. And I really, really enjoyed reading people's lists And I haven't made one of my own. Are you annoyed annoyed by them? (laughs) I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed. Well, I guess I should say it depends who is posting the list.
0: I'm annoyed by people trying to quantify what is cool and not cool. Obviously, some of these things are just mental health things that it's like, it's cool to be kind. And obviously, I I take no issue with that. But, you know, some of the more subjective things, I'm like, who cares? Do what you want to (laughs) do.
1: Okay. Well, do you not want to share yours?
0: (laughs) Well, I need to think of one. So can you share yours first?
1: Yeah. I definitely get your point with them being a little bit annoying, but I look at it as more of like a personal in and out list. Okay. It's hard to share that though and feel like you're prescribing it to everyone else. But I will preface all of this by saying this is things that I personally am looking to bring more of or less of into my life. So first of all, in is tea time. I would like to create a daily tea time for myself with like nice little china and really importantly, a nice little snack, like a cucumber sandwich or biscuits. As the English do, I would like to have a 3 p.m. 4 p.m. tea time because i feel like those hours are just lost hours i don't know what's happening i'm usually depressed it's completely dark outside and i feel like a tea time would just be good i don't know i like the ritual of it so this Great. is in for me now what's I'm out 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 okay this is again don't come for me this is a personal out that i would I'm like never less gonna of come in my for life you. i'm speaking more to the wider oh. audience <laughs> Um, okay. So out, I just get so uniquely enraged by a specific type of content on Instagram and that is hauls, but not just like I went to the store and restocked on some stuff. There's this brand of content creator that I have followed. And this is a personal thing, by the way, I, if you, this works for you, go for it where it's like every video they post is like this gigantic cardboard box that they've ordered, which like if you're ordering enough things from a store to get a cardboard box, that's already a lot. And they dump it out onto the ground and it's just like 15 pieces. And they're doing this like every day. And I'm like, this is an incredible amount of clothing. And it makes me feel stressed and anxious and like I should be buying more things. But also, I don't know. I just don't like it. It's too much stuff. It's too much stuff. And I like shopping and clothing as much as the next person, but something about it is just so over the top. I don't know. For me, personally, I need to unfollow because it doesn't bring good energy into my life. Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you seen these?
0: No, I literally can't. Like, (laughs) So I was with you until you were like cardboard box full of clothes. And then I was like, I'm out.
1: Well, it's because they like do these orders from like American Eagle or whatever, and it's like oh, it's a shipping items. box. Okay, yes, a shipping box. Okay, because you know usually you're when you're shopping, you're ordering like one piece, two piece, okay. Three okay. pieces. Okay, okay, I'm back in. I'm back. This in. is like they're like look at my haul from Free People, and it's like the same dress in like six different colors, and I don't know maybe they're all returning them, and so it's like I, it's just it's too much. It overwhelms me, and. In general, I think I need to like continue to be thoughtful about what I'm bringing in and out of my household and it's just not helpful for me. So, but again, if it works for you and like you found a creator that like has your body type and it's helpful for you shopping, I fully support it. For me personally, need to cut it out.
0: I don't think anyone's going to come for you over that.
1: <laughs> I don't know. You never know. Okay?
0: Just all of the hall <laughs> people with their with their stacks of boxes like zombies
1: are coming for you. <laughs> What if I was like plot twist? Actually, my out is just kindness. How you said everyone's like in, (laughs) being kind. I actually would like to see a general, just more meanness in the world now. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, what are yours?
0: Okay, so in, I think early bedtime is in. Mm. Personally, I'm trying to go to bed in the 10 o'clock hour instead of the 11 o'clock hour or later. I think it's really helpful that, it's really freaking cold, and it gets dark here so early. So you know, by ten PM, I'm like, "There's in five hours of night already." Like I'm ready. <laughs>
1: it's true. It's true.
0: I'm really liking that, and then also because I don't typically use an alarm, I then also just naturally wake up earlier than I would have otherwise. So yeah, I've been enjoying earlier bedtime. I think out for me, controversially is TikTok.
1: Mm, Do you still have TikTok deleted on your phone? So I don't, but I moved it somewhere and I haven't been on it in weeks. I don't like it. I don't want it. I think I might just go ahead and delete it. So wait, you were on the
0: cruise, 12 hours of screen time. And what was it? Not even TikTok. I'm,
1: like I I'm, I'm like so high emo mighty. Like I've deleted TikTok. I've I've pushed it away. No, I'm on reels now.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, okay. So it's the I, same exact thing, but I also have no I'm old. Temptation to like purposefully navigate to the Reels tab. So Good. it doesn't hold the same thing for me. But yeah, I think TikTok is out. I just I talked about this in our goals episode that I want my screen time lower in reading 4,000 weeks, our our book club pick. Like I just feel like there is no circumstance in which I'm on my deathbed and I'm like, you know what? I wish that I saw a few more TikTok videos. You know, like it's fun at the time, yeah. it's a good dopamine hit. It's never time I feel good about having used there. And I was listening to a thing or two, which is one of my favorite podcasts. And they had an episode at the end of last year with Alison Roman, the kind of controversial chef. And she said something that really hit home with me where she was like talking about not being on TikTok. And she was saying, it's too many inputs. It's exposing you to people that you would never otherwise be exposed to and their opinions about certain things that you don't need. Obviously, I think there's a plus side to being exposed to different points of view or, you know, people in other countries or of other races and things. But like, I'm talking about like the judgmentalness of in out content or you know what other people are into and it's like i don't i don't need to know that
1: yeah it actually can be a very toxic environment i think because some people have community but like it's a lot of people that just feel like they're viewing people who aren't human beings and they can just say whatever because they haven't built any sort of relationship with them yeah over it's like they're just complete new faces that yeah. mean nothing to them
0: yeah so I think TikTok is out. I haven't deleted the app, but I think I'm I'm going to do it right now on the air.
1: Oh, wow. Look at this.
0: A live, ooh, a live TikTok deleting. Done. Deleted. I feel like I don't need this.
1: I like this. I'm clapping over here. This is a productive one. I know. You don't like the in and out list. Okay. Well, what is your first thing?
0: Okay. So my first and most important thing is this New York Times profile of Michael Stipe, who is the singer from R.E.M., who I had no feelings about before this article. Could not tell you yeah, who the lead singer that, of way. R.E.M. is <laughs> before this. Couldn't tell you any fact about him. Like, my level of familiarity with R.E.M. is, like, knowing the song Everybody Hurts and Losing My Religion, and that's about it.
1: Yeah. Same. I think I thought they were British too. Perhaps uh, they do kind of give that. I yeah. Feel. yeah, yeah.
0: So anyway, this article is so fascinating. It's talking about it's. It's a very long article and a long-ranging article. The reporter starts talking to Michael Stipe in 2022 when he is embarking on recording his first solo album after REM disbanded in 2011. And the author of the piece does such a good job creating a vision of kind of like Michael Stipe's like creativity and how that manifests and like what type of person he is. And it follows him through, it was published in December of 2023, trying to make this album and all of the imposter syndrome that he's having during it. And I thought it was so fascinating to read earnestly about this man who... I don't know any stat about R.E.M. and like how successful they are, how many records they sold. But this man who is like incredibly, incredibly successful and is earnestly really struggling with imposter syndrome. And I thought it was so interesting and it kind of made me feel like, oh, this is such a universal experience.
1: Yeah. I thought the part where he was talking about how he would get on Instagram or TikTok or something and see like old videos of R.E.M. and be like, how did that happen? Right. <laughs> like, who did these people think they were? was such an interesting tidbit. It goes to show you like there's no... I kind of talked about this last week or we both did. There's like no threshold that yeah. is going to be enough. i I don't think for anyone. I mean... I often think like if I was Taylor Swift, not to bring it back to Taylor Swift, but to my credit, she is referenced in this article I was going to say, this article
0: (laughs) also has Easter egg on Easter egg of like (laughs) random celebrities popping into it.
1: It's true. And they're all like, you know, so impressed by this guy and his career. And yet he's like kind of brushing it off. But I often think Like, if I was Taylor Swift, like, I always get this sense that, like, she's trying to prove herself, even though she clearly doesn't need to, you know? And I just don't know if that ever goes away for anyone, ever.
0: One quote I wrote down from this that I think is really interesting is he said, it's hard to be in competition with your younger self. So, Mm. you know, I think maybe he might have felt differently in the peak of his fame, but now he was 62 when the article started in 2022, he feels, you know, pressure from his younger self too.
1: Yeah. It's interesting because like when you're in it, I wonder if you ever have any sense of like, this is it. I don't know. (laughs) You know, like this is the best it's going to get. I don't, I guess you can't because at which point you'd probably just give up. Were you as taken with this article as I was? Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very interesting.
0: I just never knew what was going to happen next. And I loved the part He's recording his album at Electric Lady Studio, which is where Taylor Swift has been recording something. And there's this anecdote about him running into Maddie Healy from the 1975 and Jack Antonoff and how like starstruck they are by him. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, he's like deeply struggling with creating something. And I thought it was so interesting to see like the interplay of like the new guard and the old guard.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if he. I mean, he didn't seem to like believe them when when I think, I think in the article, I said Taylor Swift came up to him and was like, Oh, I heard you talk to Maddie and Jack. And they were like, This is the coolest, best conversation ever. I wonder if that point you're like, Uh, <laughs> like it seemed like he was just like, Oh, whatever. It doesn't mean anything, which is just
0: wild. Wild. I also was very taken by the story about him and Patti Smith and how he mm-hmm. was like drunk out of his mind and was like, knew that it was the anniversary of the passing of Patti Smith's husband and decided to just call
1: her. Yes. And yeah. they became best friends. As one does. As, As one, one does.
0: Oh my God. This... I feel
1: like we need to make big moves like that this year.
0: Well, I don't know anyone who knows Patti Smith's number. So I think that's prohibiting me.
1: I feel like if we worked like the, what is it? Like seven degrees of separation with Kevin Bacon.
0: Yeah, but I feel like you need to be a hey, one-degree connection to to get somebody's phone number. Like, nobody's going to be like, hey, I know someone who knows someone who knows someone who has Patti Smith's phone number and just pass it down the line.
1: Uh, yeah, that's true. So, the general energy behind it, though, I feel like we can replicate.
0: I like that. I like that for us. Just prank calling or earnestly calling random celebrities. <laughs> yeah, it's just, hey, what's up? <laughs> anyway, this article has just popped into my brain so many times after I read it a month ago. I also love that it ends on such a positive note that he says that he really flourished after this period of writer's block. So it's like also very uplifting. There's so much in there. We did not spoil even half of it. So
1: it's a lot. We'll link it in the show notes, but highly recommend it for a read. Definitely. What's your next thing? My next thing is Gypsy Rose Blanchard. Are you familiar with her?
0: I had no familiarity with her until about two weeks ago. And I have okay. kind of backwardsly put together the story of what happened. I never like read an article, but I kind of understand that her mother had Munchausen's by proxy and convinced doctors that she was sick with all types of different things. And to the point where she had all of these surgeries and like very intense, unnecessary medical treatments. And then uh, she killed her mom. Is that right?
1: Correct. So the only thing I guess that's important to know if someone listening isn't familiar with the story is that she didn't actually kill her, so she says, but she instructed her then boyfriend to do it. Where's the boyfriend? He is in prison for life, which is interesting. And So her boyfriend is not her current husband? No. Okay. No. And did they meet during, like, conjugal visits or something? Like, how did they get together? So I believe that he, Ryan, her husband, wrote her letters and she responded. Oh, that creeps me out. I was going to say or vice versa, but it has to be him mailing her letters. And then because, you know, anyway, if you're not familiar, she is currently on the most bizarre press tour I have ever seen in my life. She was on Nick Vile's podcast. She was on she, Not Skinny,
0: But Not Fats podcast. She was on The View.
1: Like, it's wild. And by the way, she got out of prison December 28th. Okay, wait, Isn't I have, that I have wild? two
0: follow-up questions that you might or might not know the answer to. How long was she in prison for?
1: She was in prison for eight years.
0: Okay, so not super recently. Like, it was like, we've been waiting for this. Right. Like it yeah. wasn't like sh- she went to prison for a year or something. Okay.
1: um, And then second, how old is she Present. That's a great question. I think she is in her early 30s because okay. I think she was 25 when she went to prison.
0: Okay. Thank you.
1: So originally a documentary on her case came out on HBO like maybe in 2016, 17 or something like that called Mommy Dead and Dearest. And then of course there's a Hulu show with Patricia Arquette in it and stuff. But um. I had been seeing Gypsy Rose everywhere and I had such a strange feeling about it. And then I watched it back and it's just, I don't know, I guess the best way to sum up how weird I feel about it. Have you seen this clip where she's on the view? I think I've seen
0: like the static version with the text on it. Are you talking about like with Joyce Behar where
1: it's like, yes, she's like, she's basically like, you shouldn't feel bad. And then everyone else on the view is like, we don't condone murder. (laughs) Like, murder is bad. And it's just... It was this example of like... I don't know. On one hand, I totally get it. Like, good for her. She was abused. She served her time. She's getting out. And she's trying to, you know, spread awareness about Munchausen by proxy. I think that's what it's called. And, you know, she finally has her freedom. On the other hand, I'm like, is no one thinking about how bizarre this whole situation is that she is now a celebrity, basically. like It's very <laughs>
0: bizarre that we've, and I know nothing about this case, but it seems like we as a society are generally okay with the murder in this case. So it's like, yeah, murder is fine. The second thing that I'm really curious about is like the prison to publicity pipeline because the same thing yeah. happened with Anna Delvey. And it's like, how do you have a hair and makeup team ready? You know, she's doing her like outfit of the day stuff. And it's like, when did you have time to go shopping? Like somebody was getting this ready
1: while oh, you the were publicist in prison? Was working like a year ago. And is on it this. like
0: is it like this one publicist who just reaches out to people who are in prison who have like newsworthy potential, or is like Gypsy Rose sitting in prison know. researching publicists? Like which way did it go?
1: I don't know. That's why I, you know, I want That's why uh, I want to hear an interview
0: with is not Gypsy Rose <laughs> is with like her publicist.
1: I mean, clearly the person has been working overtime because she came out of prison literally day one, had a TV special, had podcast appearances, also her husband's with her everywhere, which is this whole other thing. But I mean, definitely something to be said. I'm sure there's going to be an article about it. Like if she wasn't white, same thing with Anna Delvey, like this would be a completely different thing, which I think is a really interesting aspect of it. Like. Anyway, do you know the case about, like, I think her name is Santonio Brown, and she... um, I know no
0: true crime cases.
1: Okay, well, she is a black woman, young woman, who killed her rapist, I believe. Okay. But guarantee you, it would not be the same, like, when she gets out of prison. Anyway, I, I may be getting some of the facts wrong there, but my point is just that the celebrity of it all is very interesting to me. She's going on basically like a bachelor contestant press circuit. Like, what? Anyway, that's all.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's weird as
1: hell. It is. 2024 is already very strange.
0: (laughs) Well, let's take a quick ad break and get back into some more things.
1: This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's so easy to start the new year with only change in mind. Maybe you want to be better at moving your body regularly or focusing at work. The list can go on and on. But what about the things we don't want to change? Why not enter the new year committing to expand on what you're already doing right instead of the opposite?
0: Maybe you finally organized one part of your space and you want to tackle another, or maybe you're taking your supplements every morning and now you want to actually eat breakfast too. Therapy helps you find your strengths so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick.
1: One of my favorite parts of going to therapy is that it helped me realize my strengths in addition to my weaknesses. I was able to lean into my creativity more than ever, and it helped me really value that part of myself so much. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. And all you do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge.
0: Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash BatOnPaper today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash BatOnPaper.
1: What's your next thing?
0: my next thing is naked attraction so oh, yes, I first encountered naked attraction on New Year's Eve. I was up in Maine and we had gone out in the afternoon and gone to a wine bar and then we picked up pizzas and brought them back to the house and it's kind of like nine o'clock and we're all flagging like everyone's like all right like you know there was no party it was just like we we're in sweatpants on the couch. We were like, oh God, are we going to make it till midnight? And uh, my friend Molly's boyfriend is British and he put on Naked Attraction, which is on the Max app. And I had never seen it before. And it is fascinating. So the show is a dating game show. Um, There are four rounds, five rounds really. There are people in these pods and in the first round... The door lifts enough that you can see their genitals. In the second round, it lifts so you can see their chest. The third round, you can see their face. The fourth round, you hear their voice. You get to kind of have a little talking exchange with them.
1: (laughs) I was like, what's the fourth round? Like they bend over or something? (laughs) And then in the fifth
0: round, the contestant gets naked. Oh, fair. Yeah. It is wild. So wait, have you ever seen it?
1: I have. Actually, because whenever I'm in England, I just turn on the TV and like, it's like a penis. <laughs> How did it okay. come up in 24 hours? What was the other time? My friend who I went wedding dress shopping mentioned it to me and asked if I had seen it. Oh,
0: well, so first of all, it's very entertaining. The host of it is great. And, you know, some of these people are fucking bonkers and they give them silly little challenges. Like one of the challenges was the people that were being picked from were all male and they had to dress up as different members of the Spice Girls. And I think it was at the point where you couldn't see their faces. So it was just like from the neck down with their penises out, just like.
1: Right, right. Dancing Are the penises dressed as the Spice Girls or is it?
0: No, they all had like, you know, the baby <laughs> Spice had like a dress that like didn't cover the penis. And like, right. you know, one had a union jet. Right. Ja- it was so silly. But the reason I bring it up is that it is fascinating to watch. I would say it is not particularly racially diverse, but in terms of the bodies, like, it is just such a cross-section. Like, it is not all people with banging bodies who go on The Bachelor or something like that, like any kind of, like, U.S. dating show. Right. It is freaking everybody. There are big penises, small penises, like, big bellies, small bellies, all kinds of, like, different boobs. And like, it is such an interesting, and I find it kind of empowering because the bodies are, for the most part, so regular. They do not do them any favors on the lighting. Like, their cellulite, their hair, like, it is very real.
1: Do you know if people get paid? I don't know. Because what would be the appeal? Surely it is not meeting the love of your life. Because... Who among us has met a person? Oh, maybe. Maybe there have been success stories. I don't. I think there's one marriage. Wow. We looked up. I don't know. I
0: think it appeals to a, a certain type of person. You'll definitely, as you watch, you'll realize that there tend to be some commonalities. Like there's a lot of students in it. There's a lot of people who work in a trade. Like there's not a lot of like corporate professionals who are coming on.
1: I'm a podcast host. <laughs> yeah, i No, there was a
0: podcast host on it who was the living worst. I was like, I don't want you to find anyone. I hate you. Okay, would you go on the show? No, I would never go on the show. But you think that you're watching it and it's going to be either like kind of sexy or... I I don't know. Like it, it was just so empowering to see so many different types of bodies. And the other thing is that the people picking it must be a rule aren't allowed to say anything mean. They can Mm. express preferences. So they can be like, oh, like that person has more chest hair than I prefer. But they're not like, that guy has a small dick. I'm voting him off. (laughs) You know, like there's nothing that's ever mean or like that woman's fat. Like, I don't want to be with her. Like it is very, like the conversations around bodies are all like, sure, you can have a preference, but it's like,
1: oh. It's not sexual.
0: Well, it's not mean. And by and large, and I don't know how much of this is, like, made up for the show, it really does seem like the people who are picking are, like, having a hard time and they're not just like, oh, I want the hottest one or, like, I want the person who's, like, in the case of women, like, finished or has the biggest boobs or whatever. Like, they're really, like, oh, I'm having a hard time choosing. Like, I'm into, I could be into all of these people.
1: Hmm. So, I've only seen bits and pieces of it, like... Uh, no pun intended I guess <laughs> but uh, I do remember watching it and having the feeling of like I don't know I feel like with bodies there's just so much pressure like you think sometimes especially when you're younger like if I don't have this body part in a certain way then like no way I'm gonna find the partner that I want but I don't know I remember watching it and just thinking like I don't know bodies are just bodies and honestly like kind of weird Yeah. Like, half of it is just functional. It's It just serves a purpose It gets it done. It doesn't have to be like perfectly sculpted in a certain kind of way. Like, I, I don't know. That's what I remember feeling watching it.
0: Totally. And it's not like, to go back to The Bachelor, like it's not like The Bachelor where it's like, I don't know how many contestants are in a season, 20 people where it's like, wow, these are all
1: <laughs> such hot, perfect looking <laughs> 20 people ranging from a zero to a two and a half.
0: Right. And you're like... <laughs> Like, the standard deviation in this house is, like, right, very small versus, like, you know, you watch this show and you're like, oh, there's all different sorts of people and this is all normal and people find them hot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like that. Maybe I need to watch it again.
0: It's very fun. It was very fun to watch in a group setting. There's so many moments that are super cringe. Some of these people are absolutely ridiculous in terms of, like, the things that they're saying and, like, the people that they find to be on the show. So it's, like, very funny, too.
1: I mean, this is it's a particular subsection of the community that would be like, do you think if you go on, you like warn your family, like if you happen to turn on this channel or, or do you think you just let it ride? You're just like, you know, if someone sees my. I don't volta, think you warn your
0: family. I think you just like so let it ride. You it. let them confront you. <laughs> right.
1: Can you imagine like what you're feeling like as the the, the partition rises? Like, can, there's got to be people who just get there and they're like, I'm out. <laughs> I <laughs> well, can't do this. I
0: think that it takes a while to film. And the other thing is that the penises are never erect. So, well, that makes sense. <laughs> well, yeah, but I feel like you might get hard. You're like, oh, I'm like nude in public. And like, so well, I guess if you're
1: into it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But like, I so I kind of think that they're kind of shooting this and like throwing out a lot of footage where like somebody pops a boner and they're like, oh, can't use this. <laughs> So I feel like also they're just kind of like standing there for a long time naked where it kind of like you kind of get desensitized. Like the show is 20 minutes or whatever. Like, I don't think that it's like an hour that they're cutting down to that. Like, I think it's like 11 hours of standing there naked that they're cutting down into this show.
1: (laughs) So much. It's so much more consecutive hours naked than I can even fathom. Like, I don't think at any given point in my life I've been naked for more than like an hour. Except for like when I was an infant, the first day of my life, maybe. After that, Never? just I was clo- I was protecting myself at all times. More than an hour. Yeah. I, I mean, like, what? Could, it's cold. I, it's cold, and and I don't think so. Okay. Maybe two. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going on the show. Is what I'm saying. Okay. No
0: one's I'm asking s- I have some personal no work to do. <laughs> no pressure.
1: Tell me your next thing. I feel like my next thing. Is also kind of about nudity in a way. And that is Saltburn. Have you seen this movie?
0: No, I've been meaning to. I really wanted to watch it. We were going to watch it over New Year's and we just never got around to it because we were watching too
1: much naked attraction, honestly. I really want to see it. I haven't actually seen it either. Oh. In a way, I feel like everything I know about it has been against my will. On the other hand, I did actively look up the parts that everyone are talking about and read about them in detail. So really my own fault. Are you going to watch it? Well, look, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think I am. But like, do you know the parts that I'm talking about? The bathtub scene? Do you know what? No, I know that there is a bathtub scene that everyone's talking about, but I don't know what it is. Okay, I won't spoil anything. I just... Have you seen the naked scene? No. Where I... Barry Keoghan is like naked and running around?
0: Oh, no. I've seen a clip of Jacob Alordi walking away full backle. What? You know, you can see his butt. Naked butt.
1: <laughs> it's not full <laughs> frontal, it's full backle. <gasps> oh. I was like, what is a back hole?" <laughs> I don't know. I like, Did you learn this on Naked Attraction? No, I just made it up. Oh, well, I'm scared to watch it. I'm a little bit nervous. It gives me a lot of anxiety because I've I've read it in detail. But one thing I do really like about it is that I feel like Barry Keoghan is like, I read this quote from him that I really appreciated, which Are is you that certain that's whole- how
0: you say his last name? I'm not accusing you of it not being. I'm just before I go and take this into the world, I want to know.
1: You can check, but I saw Jacob Elordi say that okay, in an great. interview with him. But maybe he's pronouncing it.
0: No, no, no. That's weird. fine. Why I will look it up. It's one of those things that I had no idea how to pronounce. And before I go out into the world and start pronouncing it like this, I just want to know how certain you feel.
1: Kyo- Kyogen. Kyogen. Yeah. Great. Kyogen. Great. Whatever. Him. Barry. Barry man. Mm-hmm. He had this quote where he said that like his whole life, it's always just been like the weird looking little boy because like, he looks really young and also he's just very interesting looking but now he's like this sex symbol and also by the way just fully nude in the whole movie if anyone's wondering there was no prosthetics used or anything I'm just going to throw that out there make it that way you will he was just free he was probably naked for many hours filming. yeah more than one for sure <laughs> for, more than one for sure never played but never like, have like, I ever with him <laughs> I feel like him and then also Jacob Lorty, and I'd be like, he's probably been naked for most of his adult life. Like if I was him, I too would be naked all the time. Either of them really. Anyway, he was saying that now he's like the sex symbol and it feels really cool. And also he his childhood, he grew up in like foster care. His mom died when he was like 12, I think. And so I like this idea that like this kind of strange looking man is now the sex symbol. He's super successful. He had this hard childhood. He's like, you know, going to be an Oscar winner probably. Maybe not for this, but I don't know. It's just kind of interesting, an interesting thing. I'm excited to see this. Also, I've heard the movie
0: is beautifully shot and I've heard the soundtrack is great. Yes,
1: yes. I am going to watch it. I am not going to tell Jake anything about it when I do watch it.
0: Oh my God. I feel like he's going in blind. I feel like it should almost be a series where you record Jake's reactions to things. I feel like Instagram would really like that.
1: I think it would be entertaining because I had ideas of what the scenes might be when I read the synopsis. Let me tell you, I was wrong. I was incorrect. So
0: I have theories too, but now I don't want to say it because I'm afraid I'd be wrong.
1: Yeah, I, I, I won't spoil anything for okay. you. Just myself. <laughs> okay.
0: Can we go on to my last thing? Yes. So Pantone's color of the year is peach fuzz. Which is basically like the white flesh-colored crayon, is what I would
1: say the mm. color is. Does that feel right to you? You know, I don't really think Pantone has ever been right. Oh, I, I really don't. Because I remember thinking last year, what twenty twenty two color of the year? I'm looking it up. Periwinkle. That's wrong. That feels very wrong to me as well. Now I'm looking up all the colors. What do you think? Do you think peach fuzz? No, is I think it's right? so
0: wrong. I think I think it should be. Like something bright and colorful, and not something kind of neutrally, I feel like we're getting out of the everything is beige phase.
1: Yeah, it feels wrong. And 2023 was magenta. That also feels wrong to me. What year was magenta? 2023. I'm sorry, 2022 was periwinkle, 2023 was magenta.
0: Magenta makes sense because it was the year of Barbie. And so I bet like there was some interplay there.
1: Mm. And that, I don't know that okay. magenta
0: is the color that I would have picked, but I do think something pink was the color of the year in 2023. I mean, it's... it's And random. then in 2022, it's, it's like not quite there, but like periwinkle and like Taylor Swift lavender haze is like not that far apart where I could see like, I'm like, oh, it's almost there. Hmm.
1: I don't know. I Pantone doesn't get my respect.
0: I just was struck by how wrong I feel like this is. I saw... On a newsletter, I mean, not to just be like the ultimate skin wearer of how much I am obsessed with these people, but on the A Thing or Two newsletter, (laughs) Erica said that her personal color of the year is
1: Matisse red. So it's like like an orange red. I was actually going to say if I had to choose one, it would be red because I feel like it's all about pops of red right now. You see red coming back. I feel like red nails are everywhere.
0: I feel like that makes a ton more sense to me. Than that, I also feel like there's something. It's not my color of the year, but there's something in like lime green or electric purple. Something that feels very '90s and like, mm-hmm. or like early 2000s, and that like Gen Z is into.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I'm with you. Peach fuzz feels wrong to me. It feels wrong. I was so surprised. Nestled between pink and orange. <laughs> no,
0: it's not though. It looks like the white person flesh colored Crayola crayon.
1: It looks like it's Ken. I'm I'm reading the description. It says, this warm and cozy shade evokes a new modernity. Modernity? That's a weird word. Bringing a feeling of kindness and tenderness and communicating a message of caring and sharing, community and collaboration. You know, the person writing this was like, what is my job? Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. (laughs) It's so stupid. But I mean, Fine.
0: It feels wrong. I'm very curious to see if our community has any other pitches for color of the year. Matisse red is not a bad idea. I, I want to hear what else is out there because it is not peach fuzz. That is not my color of the year.
1: Yeah, that's enough. It's not even
0: that I dislike it. It just feels culturally not the color of the year.
1: I, I would agree with you. We're on the same page Thank you. here.
0: Thank you. Should we get into some end matter?
1: <laughs> sure. What are you obsessed with? I'm obsessed with this pen I got for Christmas. It's the Koveco Sport fountain pen. It's about twenty dollars. I've never had a fountain pen. I am writing with it so much that my desk, it looks like the scribblings of a mad woman. It, like it looks like I'm trying to write some sort of secret coded manifesto because I just any word that pops into my head, I write it down. just like doodles, spirals, little maps. It's so fun to write with and it sounds great on paper. So I adore it. Is this a
0: fountain pen that you have to refill? I guess it is. I don't really know. So I'll we haven't honest. gotten It that came with yet. a little thing. Okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be out of ink in about two and a half days at this rate. So that's, that's
0: what I'm wondering is like, how long does it last? <laughs> like how messy is it to refill
1: it? I don't know. I had to like insert the ink into it. But it wasn't that complicated. It didn't come with instructions. Ro. It's German though, because I but I feel like every, German's really organized. They have instructions for everything. I don't know.
0: I, anyway. I am interested in this journey for you. I've seen a lot of people on the internet getting into fountain pen life. I'm very much a felt-tipped girl, but I'm I'm fountain curious.
1: It's very nice. Cause like you turn it a different way and it gives you a slightly different mm. sort of thickness. Mm. Um <laughs> Not to get X-rated. Okay. What's your obsession?
0: Mine is my Vicks sinus steamer.
1: Also sensual.
0: Also sensual. So (laughs) Sarah from my sister bought and liked shared this on her Instagram last year, months ago, a long time ago. And for whatever reason, I was very intrigued by it. I was intrigued by it because I think it's also a treatment for coughs. And whenever I get like seriously ill, I end up with bronchitis. So I was like, I will need this at some point. So I added it to my cart on Amazon and then I just like saved it in the saved section and it has been sitting there for months. And I've been having these sinus problems and I was like, now is the time. You're getting called up. Get off the bench, Vic. Sinus Steamer. Let's go. (laughs) It is great. It is kind of like a nebulizer with no medicine. There's little pods that you can put in it, like little cartridges that like make it smell like eucalyptus, which is nice. It is so great. And it's also kind of relaxing. You just, you sit, it does take six minutes to heat up and it has to be plugged in, which are my two annoyances about it. But then it has this like kind of face mask part and you kind of put your face over it. And it just, it's like a personal humidifier. Like it just puts steamy air right into your nose and it works instantaneously. I'm thrilled with this. And I'm actually, I mean, right now I'm, I have dry sinuses, but I'm very curious. I don't want to wish myself to be sick, but the next time that I am sick with anything respiratory, I'm very interested to see how it works for that too. Oh, well, very
1: nice. Nice addition.
0: I mean, it's $40, so it's a little expensive, but I'm like, I don't know. If this is relief anytime I'm sick, that's worth it to me. Definitely. Yeah. What about reading?
1: I haven't finished anything since we last recorded, so nothing for me, but I am really curious to hear about what you've been reading because I literally just hours ago ordered this from my local bookstore because oh, I've been seeing it everywhere.
0: I'm enjoying it. a l- I'm not enjoying it. I did enjoy it a lot. So I read First Lie Wins by Ashley Elston. And this is the first adult novel from Ashley used to be a YA author. And it is a cat and mouse thriller about this woman who is a con artist, you know, from the very first chapter. That she's in this relationship with this guy that she is conning. This book was so unpredictable, but it all tied together so well. I never knew what was going to happen. It's a completely non scary thriller. You know, there's like people after her, but she's a con woman. So I didn't find it scary whatsoever. I whipped through it. It probably took me like, 40 or 50 pages to get into. And like the first time it surprised me and I realized that I didn't know what was happening, I was like, oh, I'm all in. Because it tells oh, you right I've up front that she's conning things. him. So I was like, okay, I get what this is. And then I was like wrong. And I was like, okay.
1: Did you see her like, I don't even know <laughs> yes, what she it's like. A dig- I did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I, thought the people, of you but I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. So I think this was on either Reese's book club's Instagram page or hers or both, whatever. It was like multiple things of, poster board connected and like each poster board had post-it notes and arrows and stuff. And it was like, there's different colors for like past timeline and present timeline or anyway. And like it all connected and it was like probably seven feet long or something. it It was huge, but it was so satisfying to look at it. I was like, wow. this is cool. I wish I had something to show for myself. Like, look, instead, it's just floating around my brain. But it clearly worked for her because this book is everywhere.
0: I can't wait to hear what you think. I think you'll really like this. I don't read a ton of thrillers, but it struck me as very different. And it was so surprising. Love that. And if that doesn't appeal to you, we are also reading our book club pick for this month, which is 4,000 Weeks Time Management for Mortals by Oliver Berkman. This sounds very self-helpy, and it is in some ways, but it's also, I think the premise is kind of like, fuck it, you only have a certain amount of weeks in your life, so don't waste them doing stupid shit. So it's not like, here's how to get the most into your day.
1: Yeah, it's not like three-hour work week or whatever. Exactly,
0: (laughs) exactly. I am reading this with a highlighter, and it just feels so prescient for a lot of the things that I'm thinking about at this current moment already about social media and about prioritizing my books and about distraction. And I really think it's just such a book of the current moment.
1: I am really looking forward to rereading this one.
0: Yeah. So that's what we've got for you. You can also join our Geneva group. You can join our Facebook group. Just search Bad on Paper Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman.
1: And I'm at Olivia Mentor. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.